This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. I am excited to share today's interview with you. This was different and unique because normally I interview one person at a time. Today, we've got two people, a married couple. I was all prepared. My, my intern and I had questions, and we were ready to go. We were going to interview Brian today. And then Brian called an audible and said, hey, my wife's going to join us today at the last minute. So now all of a sudden, I'm scrambling, trying to figure out, all right, all right, here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. It was awesome. I'm so glad she joined. It was a wonderful conversation. You're, you're going to get a lot out of it. I know I did. I had multiple moments and, and comments made by both of them uh, really spoke to me, really inspired me, encouraged me, kind of where I'm at in, in life. It was awesome. So you're going to hear both of them, different perspectives on their journey together, and especially these last few years. So here's a little background. Both of them ha- have coached in college, Brian basketball and Natalie volleyball, and they'll share the story of how they met. But then really letting us in on the actual journey that coaches go through, especially assistant coaches that are you know, trying to make it in the sport as a, as a coach, the sacrifice that it takes, the number of changes and, and transitions that have to happen, whether it's you or the head coach leaving or the head coach and you not being on the same page. And then so it's not a good fit anymore. All of that, that plays into it. And so uh, Brian, he's been an assistant coach, IUPUI, UTEP, Fresno State, Lamar, Abilene Christian, and Utah uh, at the junior college level at Richland College, Collin College, Paris Junior College, and Midland College. And, and so just a you know, fascinating journey there. And then now he's a broadcaster uh, with ESPN. Um, he's also, him and his, his wife started Uprise Athletics Group. Uh, he's involved with All Access Network and, and also uh, VP of Rising Coaches, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Alliance. And so he's got a lot going on and, and just a, a, a great heart for the Lord and, and just a desire to uh, follow his, his path. Natalie, uh, now she's, she's helping with the, the, the company Uprise Athletics Group. She's still able to do some volleyball coaching, but they have three daughters and, and a unique story there as well. Uh, that they will share. So it it turned out awesome. Excited for you to hear it. want to thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. Go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it to get a, a rate to figure out if you can, if it's the right fit for you and your family, you could save money. How much money can you save? Uh, would love for you to uh, consider it if, if you're looking for a new healthcare option uh, for you and your family. It's been a great fit for my family and encourage you to check it out. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Also, check out our website, unpackingit.com, and be sure to subscribe to our weekday email devotional. We take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and we send it out for free through email. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So just want to encourage you and, and inspire you throughout the week to follow Jesus and become more like him. And so you can subscribe on unpackingit.com. Well, let's jump right in, but here we go. 
bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And joining us today on the MetaShare guest line is Brian and Natalie Burton. Brian is a college basketball analyst for ESPN. He's been a longtime college basketball coach at various levels. He was an assistant coach on the D1 level with stops at UTEP, Fresno State, Utah. He also spent five years as a head coach in junior college. Natalie, his wife, she's, she coached college volleyball for a number of years. And together, uh, they have started Uprise Athletics Group. Natalie also owns and runs a volleyball club in Texas. I'm thrilled to welcome on the Burtons to the Unpacking It podcast. How you guys doing? Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, we're doing well. Excited to do this, our first one together. So we're excited to, to team up. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, well, welcome and, and glad to have you both. Uh, before we, we jump into what all you guys are doing now and, and hear about your journey and your story, it's, it's basketball season. I know you're more of a college basketball guy, but we are – right moments b- before the uh, the NBA Finals this week. And so I'm curious, uh, your thoughts on the matchup with the uh, the Warriors and the Celtics. Yeah, exciting matchup. I mean, if you're a basketball person, you're pretty much a basketball person. It doesn't matter what level. Uh, and That's NBA, right. of course, NBA, of course, being the highest level. But uh, excited for the two teams, the best two defensive teams in the NBA statistically, which is cool that normally that doesn't happen. Uh, obviously, the Warriors are really entertaining offensively, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are two of these duos, along with Marcus Smart and the vintage Al Horford. So it'll be fun. Definitely the NBA is glad Boston's back in, but I'm going to go with the Warriors and think that the, they're going to bring some of that championship magic back. Yeah, you know, I, I got to lean Warriors myself, but but I, I noticed you were you were tweeting about Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka and the fact that he has taken this team to the NBA Finals hopefully will start gaining some hype and momentum. But but even that the average basketball fan probably doesn't even know his name, how to say his name, or to right. put into context what he's done. But but as your you know appreciation of of basketball coaches, what, what do you make of what what's been able to to be accomplished by Ime this year? Yeah, incredible job. I mean, at one point I think they were you know an eleven seed. Uh, in the season, uh, regular season, not playing well, trying to figure it out. They're thinking about trading Jalen Brown, and they can't, the two can't coexist. And for Udoka's uh, credit, Brad Stevens, who's kind of the golden child, if you will, for college and NBA for a long time, wasn't able to take the Celtics where they are now. So I think the fact that they're defensively the best team in the league says a lot about him. And then he's gotten these two stars to gel. They did make some some great trades right before the trade line. Derek White was a big pickup for them. Um, but I think he's done an outstanding job. Most people don't know his name. Most people still think it's probably Brad Stevens, the coach, or they just don't know. They're just like, hey, the Celtics are good. We'll talk about how good of a coach Curry is and these, some of these other guys. But, yeah, he deserves his due, and he's engaged to Neil Long. So you got to give him credit for that, too. <laughs> That, that's right. Absolutely. So, uh, no, it's a cool, I mean, it's an unbelievable story that Brad Stevens moves up to the front office. And I, it's just, I, I'm fascinated by it all. And the fact that they're in the finals, it, it makes for a great matchup. And then to see if, see the Warriors back, of course, is, is going to be fun. Well, all right, let's talk about you two and, and, and the, the, the journey that, that you both have been on from a, a coaching standpoint. And now, you know, really being in business together and, and the excitement and the, the challenges of, of that as well. Uh, but but let's go back. Natalie, why don't you fill us in on, on how the, the two of you met and, and, and how God brought you two together? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I was coaching at Midwestern State uh, Volleyball, and Brian was coaching at Abilene Christian for basketball. And that was back when we used to be in the same conference. So we were playing at Abilene Christian, and I was wandering the hallways looking for my pregame caffeine fix, Diet Coke. And I asked if he could show me where a Coke machine was. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got you. And took me on a whole journey around the building and (laughs) to another building. And he couldn't get in the building. And I was like, do you even work here? Like, are you a player? (laughs) Uh, But he was like, no, I'm new. My keys don't work. Um, But I had to get back to my warm up. So after warming up the kids, I get back to the sideline. And 
Uh, my players had said that there was a guy who left a Diet Pepsi on the sideline for me. Um, so he just happened to be in the hallway after Smooth. the game. Yeah. And uh, gave me his business card. And, you know, I emailed professional. Uh, and then we dated for a little bit and took us a while to figure it out. We were, you know, both coaches trying to mm. climb the ladder and figure out our careers. And so um, we really were just really good friends for a long time, for about four or five years. Yep. I mean, somebody I talk to every day, like we just had very similar lives in the college coaching world, um, minus the difference in sport. But I mean, just really leaned on each other, really kind of became best friends. And then when I moved back to Texas, we figured it out. <laughs> so, and then when I proposed, I finally got the Diet yeah. Coke, got a customized Diet Coke that said, will you marry me on it? Get out of here. On one knee. Yeah. yeah, it still <laughs> happens to this day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. How did that happen? How did you do that? That's cool. Uh, you know what? They have a, I think it's like sharecoke.com. One of her players told me about it. So I was going to do it huh. during the season. So she was a head coach during volleyball season. I was going to do it and show up and do it in front of her team. But then it just so happened. She gave me that idea. And then she has a twin sister who's a, just got the head coaching job at UC Riverside. So she's a first time division one head coach, her twin oh. sister. And so I knew she had to be a part of the process. So holidays, everybody was together, uh, got this customized, will you marry me Coke bottle? And said, hey, I finally got the Diet Coke you, you asked for a long time ago. And, and she said, yes. Uh, tremendous. That's awesome. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good uh, proposal story. So that's, uh, that's fantastic. I, I, I love well, we that. We got to talk to Coke about some sponsorship. You know, yeah. we're, not, we're not the NIL level anymore, but some sponsorship. We got to talk to Coke about that. You you better a commercial. Do a commercial like that. that, that that's pretty uh, pretty special. Well, well, that's neat. All right. So you, you both have been coaches and have experienced the highs and lows of coaching. And and I, I think and I know for for you, Brian, the the number of opportunities, yet also the number of changes that yeah. you've had throughout your your coaching career. Uh, it's it's been a lot. And and as as sports fans, we don't always recognize the the amount of change and and going from one school to the next to to find that that right spot and so take us into the 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 journey and and Natalie you can kind of add to uh this as well but but how you know really how did your your passion for coaching keep you going and and how did your your faith in in God and and his leading keep you going from from stop to stop um, and, and just kind of take us into to the journey a little bit. Yeah, so if I was to say statistically or analytically, I think I've worked at six different Division One schools, five different uh, five years of junior college. It might have been four different junior colleges. Uh, I've lived in all time zones that there are in the United States. And then context for us, that's kind of what made us friends, is that we were able to go through these parallel journeys in our faith walk kind of kept us going even when I'm sure a lot of times we didn't want to. So that's definitely how mm. a small part of how the guy part of it all came through, because not only is there changes, but you know, it's, it's challenging as an assistant because you're trying to climb the ladder and trying to figure out success. You're trying to align with your head coach and your staff. Uh, and then you're trying to find your own way in the mix of all that. So after we get married, our first three years of marriage, get this, we lived in seven combined different cities. So the faith walk of that, we did long distance three times, uh, some short periods, some for a full season. And it kind of has led to us to where we are now, which we'll get to, but I'll pass it to Natalie uh, and just talk about her journey. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, I think for us and our relationship and uh, just going through that journey, I know like for me going from being an assistant to my first head coaching job, and that's when we really started building our friendship. And I think, um, like you talked about, we had these parallel lives. He was the assistant. I was a head coach. And so his struggles with head coaches and my struggles with my assistants and, you know, not having that support. I think we just really balanced each other and like gave each other perspective and just kept reminding each other of, um, you know, like what we're in it for and like what the bigger purpose was. And, um, you know, that God truly had us in this place for a reason. And I think, um, we were definitely in each other's lives at the perfect time and kind of needed that. 
Yeah, and I'm not sure how you get through coaching without it because it's yeah. definitely – I mean, you just get tested in so many ways from moving to not making very much money to, you know, sometimes working for a boss or with a staff that you just don't feel like you fit in and you align. And let's be honest, the, the faith part of sports is not celebrated among staffs traditionally. There are those mm-hmm. unique pockets where you're like, okay, I work for Tony Dungy. This is great, right? Or, But you don't always work for – a Tony Dungy type of guy, you know? So that part can be really hard because there's a lot of time spent together and you become the people you're around. And there's also a lot of expectation to win, which is the bottom line of sports, uh, which sometimes the faith part of it can get lost. So what, what did you learn through that? What was your takeaway from that? You know, people in your life that constantly remind you as you're going through those challenges. I think that, um, there's a lot of time. I mean, it's, like you said, it's such a challenging uh, career that I don't know how people get through it without knowing that God's in control and like he has the ultimate, you know, say on things. I think it's just very stressful. A lot of it's out of our control. I mean, we're our jobs are predicated on these 18 to 21, 22 year old kids you know and um you know they're away from home for the first time and you just have so much responsibility with them but uh I mean it definitely is one of those you have to kind of let go of the control and just trust and um otherwise the stress will just eat you alive and so um it was probably the first time in my career where I really just had to let go and hand it over and be like all right like as the blows come like injuries kids quitting kids you know I mean whatever it was, switching jobs, like just really give it up and be like, all right, God, wherever you want me to be, like however you want me to handle these situations. I think, you know, Brian was so great, always reminding me like it's all part of helping these kids navigate their life too at this point. Like it's not Mm -hmm. just about volleyball. It's not just about winning, um, but we're really in their lives to help them learn how to live life the right way and how to handle situations. And like we're there is guidance for them. And so I think when I saw it more as like, that was my purpose and my role, not just the pressure of winning and recruits and um, you know, like that stuff comes and, you know, we're great at what we do, so it's going to happen, but to really just feed into, you know, our purpose of really helping these young people grow up and learn how to do life. I was just going to say, I probably failed at it more and had to fail forward. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. I feel like it was almost a constant battle of what the godliness of what you hope for and then what the, almost what the industry standard is. And it's just a constant tug of war. So there's moments when I can point to my career and say, I did this really great. And I was so fate led and this, and then there's other moments where I can be like, I didn't win that battle, but I learned from it and it helped me win the next one. So mm. <clears throat> I think it's constant. It's, it's really a challenge because you're working to do such a good job by what you, and I don't think it, you have to get to a point where you have the peace. I think we have that now. And I think mm. the older and the more life you go through and you've kind of realized you belong, I think it's different. But when you're trending up and you're trying to prove that you belong and you're trying to get the next job or you're trying to get that position that says like, Hey, this guy's good. You, you kind of find yourself looking around and say, well, what is the norm in our industry? And the norm is not usually faith led. And so you try to, I try to seek out faith leaders that I felt like and other teammates in the journey that you felt like you could lean on, but it's not as easy as what people would think. And mm-hmm. I think there's more for me, at least there was a lot of failing forward of just like, all right, I didn't do that well, or I didn't get that right. Or I don't want to ever, represent myself this way in any situation again I'm going to always make sure I'm doing it to the audience of one and I'm accountable there and if my head coach doesn't like it then unfortunately then we'll just have to disagree on that one so I think you kind of learn that as you go but your alignment when you're young and single you just kind of like just give me a job I'll work all the hours I'll get it done I'll show you but then as you kind of get older and again seven seven different cities in our first three years of marriage, you start realizing like, well, wait a minute, this person may not align with how I believe, not so much philosophically basketball only, but just life-wise, you want to you do life with other people that are similar to you. So I think that stuff kind of comes as you go and now do it as best as I can to be an advocate for coaches and 
working with a company, rising coaches and helping young coaches develop and even older coaches just try to speak that life into them because it's such a hard lens to relate to if you haven't done it. Absolutely. And and I would even say a lot of our listeners can can resonate with you too, even beyond the coaching industry. It's just day-to-day work environments and right. and wanting to to be a light, wanting to follow Jesus and and stand up for biblical truth, but at every turn pe- people are pushing against you, the enemy's pushing against you. And, and, and in order to, to stay faithful, it's a daily, daily, daily walk with the Lord and, and, and relying on him each day. So, um, and, and failing forward and learning. So I appreciate you sharing, sharing all that you you've experienced levels of college basketball, different volleyball experiences, coaching in, in different environments. And, and then you guys experience the, um, the, the multiple cities in such a short amount of time. Yep. So where did that leave you at the end of those few years where we're, we're chasing these different jobs, how, where did you guys land and, and, and take us into uh, what that, that process was like to set you up for what you're now doing? So I think for me, so our last stop, I was at, um, so my last five years of my career, it's like promotion, job rate or job increase, promotion, uh, new title, promotion. So you're climbing, you're ascending and it's exciting. And it's like, Oh, he's the next, such and such. And you don't get caught up in that, but it's an exciting time. And then the last two seasons, I found myself in between jobs, looking for a job, like, wait a minute, what's going on? So for me, after that first time uh, getting let go in a very transactional part of college basketball, uh, I knew that I wasn't all the way right with God and how I was doing. I wasn't the same person in the light that I was in the dark. Uh, and I just felt really compelled to actually take another step in my face. So uh, I was at a men's conference with my dad and decided to get baptized, something I wanted to do prior, but just n- kind of always put it off. But I felt like God was like, hey, are you in or are you are you not? It's almost like coaching. We talk about kids being all in. And I was picking and choosing the parts of my life that I was going to let God be over. And the other parts, like I got this part, God, so I don't necessarily need you here and I wasn't as arrogant to say that but in my mind my actions were that so that was the start of it for me of just obedience uh humility and trust the things that I needed to really focus on and God really uh called me to those things and so that led me to going to Indiana and being completely long distance from them um which after that season led me to saying okay, God, I'm going to interview one more time for one place I think that's aligned. And if it doesn't work, I'm going to sit this year out and just see what you have for me. Because I knew stability was something that we both wanted at that time. We were praying for being in the same place. And you start realizing, is it worth it to be away, even though you love this game, at the at what cost, though, right? It's mm. like Bible verse that talks about what is it profit a man to gain the world if he – lose his soul. And I wasn't losing my soul, but I was detached from what I said was my priorities and how much longer were we going to have to do that? And so we had a significant uh, phone call that happened during this time, which I'll pass it to (laughs) Natalie to tell that part of the story. Yeah. It was just, you know, you asked like, where did it leave us? I would just say very confused, (laughs) very um, just like what's next, you know? Um, But yeah, it's, I'll, I'll say this real quick. So in that time period after I got baptized, I almost felt like I needed to leave college basketball. And at that time, Natalie was like, no, I think this is what you're supposed to be doing, which mm-hmm. I think is also the cool part about our faith and how we lean in a marriage on, on each other because she was pretty adamant, like, this is not the time for you to leave. And I mm-hmm. felt like I wanted to leave, but it wasn't it. So when she was so adamant that, okay, this is something you still need to do, it made it pretty clear to me that, Maybe it is going to be harder and this is going to strengthen our marriage and it is a test of faith. Uh, but there's a blessing on the other side. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I just think that a lot of the tough situations we went through, whether it was moves, like for me, getting out of college coaching and being a stay at home mom, like that was not something I always dreamed of doing. But, um, you know, I think when you or being long distance from him and having to take care of the kids by myself. Um, but in those moments, it's like, it's just so temporary, you know? And I just had to keep reminding myself, like, I work a lot and I'm not going to be a stay at home mom forever. So like, if it is just for nine months or a year and a half, like 
this is time I should cherish because, you know, very soon times will change and I'll be working again and I won't have this time. So as different and uncomfortable as those situations were, like just finding the blessings and uh, the things to cherish in those moments and just keeping a bigger perspective that, I mean, that time is just so temporary. And so, um, yeah. So fast forward, uh, pregnant happens during COVID pandemic. So for the last two and a half years prior to this August, we lived in my parents' house. Oh, wow. And her parents' house for two and a half years. Now she did it solely. I had an eight month stand where I was in Indiana, uh, working at a university there, division one IUPUI coaching. So here we are in the basement. Um, and then it comes to find out later I choose, I didn't get that other job. Uh, we choose not to do the long distance thing in Indiana again. So here I am on unemployment. Uh, we're having a baby, we're having a third (laughs) and we pray for that. And we're driving back from Indiana, picking up my car and we get a phone call from the doctor. We're 11 weeks into pregnancy and we find out that there's a 90% chance that our child may have Down syndrome, which is not a phone call you expect to get. So Natalie's crying. I'm sleeping in the car to start the phone call. She hands me the phone. She gets out. She's crying on the curb. I listen to the doctor. I'm kind of half awake and I'm like, okay. So then I go out and the first thing I said was, you're not going to have to do this alone. If I have mm. to leave college basketball, then I will, if that's what's meant to be. Mm. I think that was the first moment, even though I didn't really know what I was saying, it was so natural that God kind of spoke through me. And it was just like, this is not about college because I knew her fear was doing it alone. She had just retired from college coaching to do the family thing, but never planned on being a stay at home mom forever. So I think the idea of college basketball, you're always gone. You're always in the road recruiting. You're always in the road scouting or competing or whatever it may be that you do feel like a single parent for large times of the year. So that's how it started. And then we had our biggest leap of faith and journey of faith that's made us a lot stronger. We chose to proceed with pregnancy. That was the big decision. The doctor said we had to come back and are you going to keep pregnancy or not? Which 85% of people do not. We found out later, uh, which is a large percentage of people. Um, So that was, it weighed on us. It was definitely the most, it felt like we were the most divided we had ever been for that two, three days. Cause it was almost like, I didn't want to push her pride. I didn't want to make this bigger than what it was, but I also didn't want to let leave her alone, but I wanted to give her space. And so it was a very awkward time. And then I'm looking at myself as a man, like, well, I don't have a job. We're living in my in-laws basement. I don't know if I'm supposed to be coaching college. I don't know if I can provide for the family I have, let alone someone who may have special needs. So it was a lot of stuff going on in that. And Natalie actually grew up not, as a Christian. And so there was a lot of things to unpack from her childhood. It's like, well, you deserve for this to happen. So I'll pass it to you. Yeah. I mean, definitely the most challenging, I think moment ever in life. Um, Probably getting that phone call and figuring out how to navigate that. Um, Yeah, it was, it was crazy, but. One part about it too, is that we were on a, so when you have kids and you live in a basement, you're pretty much always (laughs) with your kids and our kids weren't in school then. So it's like the timing of it. We had this, I don't know, two day road trip from Indiana, driving back to Colorado where we had nothing but time and each other time to think, but also it was like time in silence, which was also kind of, so anyway, sorry, just for context. Yeah. Just a lot of silence and crying in the car together. Like (laughs) don't, I mean, honestly, not even really knowing what to say and um, what to expect. Yeah, very challenging time. Um, But I just remember a couple moments, you know, him said, first thing he's saying is like, I can get out of college basketball, you don't have to do this alone. You know, and just feeling like, okay, like, that's one of my biggest fears. And that was one of the scariest things. And then, um, you know, the second biggest thing is I just remember in the car too, just uh, Brian saying it was like that reminder, you know, this life is so temporary and it's not our own. So if God chose for us to have this child and sure it might bring extra struggles and challenges, but like, it's so temporary. Like we feel like, you know, and I mentioned it before, like being away from each other from nine months is so long, but like in the scheme of our life, like that's so little. 
and in you know compared to eternity like this life is so little and um just kind of that reminder of i mean this time is is very short and if that's what he's called us to do and it's like you know he has a reason he has a purpose and can we really trust him in the scariest of times when we just absolutely disagree and don't want it to you know um yeah it was definitely the most challenging and i always share the story about just having the faith to like look to him for the answers and to not try to figure it all out ourselves like the scariest thing about down syndrome is you don't know to what extent right you know it could be very severe it could be more mild there's just you know you don't know any of it until you hit milestones so you wait till she see if she has you know troubles with her heart or hearing or eyesight or i mean there's just so many things and you don't ever know until you hit the next milestone or the you know um so you're just kind of always waiting and hoping and praying that you know it's healthy and she's good and she can walk and she can do this and she can't eat right or you know i mean we're in the NICU for 20 days because she wasn't able to eat by herself and you know just so it's just a yeah it's just one of those though where it's like you really have to let go of control and just live in the moment and just trust god to provide and give us the strength and give us the you know whatever we need to help this little girl be her best but she's been a blessing and she's perfect and yeah dearly so well man i no i appreciate you both sharing about that because that's so inspiring and and just an incredible uh perspective and and how god moved in that and and Brian, you mentioned you know being the 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 feeling the you know the pressure of being a man in that in that situation. H- how did God meet you in that in that place of feeling uh, less than and and yeah. and confused and 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 wondering about all that? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think that was probably the most. We've had our challenging times before, but it's totally different when you have other people that you love depending on you to be your best self. And I think it was, uh, it's almost like you have to be broken down to be built back up. Mm. And I think part of the whole idea of us being in the basement, like metaphorically, you're below the surface, right? Wow. And you're at this low point. And I felt like I was at a low point. And to be honest, you know, there's a lot of parts about college athletics that are hard to deal with when it comes to certain narratives. Like, let's say whether you're Draymond Green, even though he's a really good player, like, there's a narrative around him that says who he is or even somebody as great as Curry or somebody as great as Kobe Bryant. Like everyone has this narrative and there's a part of it that they want to change right now. Steph wants to change him being in the top 10 and he's never had a finals MVP or whatever it is. Right. And that's what makes great players great and great athletes. Great. But as people, we're not always equipped for handling those narratives. Right. And you start listening to sometimes what you think people are saying you are or what the perception of what you maybe are. So I think for me, God was just really broke me down and just be like, no one else's perception matters, you know? Mm. And part of how he did that, I had a couple friends I reached out to, uh, both are in coaching, both extreme men of faith. Uh, one was with me. He actually coaches in the NBA. Uh, I won't say his name, but he was just great because he just he knew he would always give me the real. And I know he cares, but I knew he's a faith led faith-led conversation, right? You're not talking to somebody who is not aligned in that part of you because you have to be fra- you have to be careful with those moments where you're really fragile and who you allow to share with That's because right. you want them to come from a certain place to build you back up and be wise counsel. So he was one and the other, and he gave me some really tough things to think about, which was, are you going to be able to afford whatever may come with that? Which at the time, I don't have a job, so I can't afford anything, you know? <laughs> And, um, you know, are you going to be able to balance the time between your other two daughters and a child that has special needs? You know, he's like my experience, one person, they struggle with that, you know? So he gave me some of that, but he's like, whatever you decide, God's going to be with you either way. This is when we're making the decision. And the other friend was great because he just kind of helped me because he has two sons that have autism and he helped me tremendously uh, as a college basketball coach. He was just great in giving an, a perspective of 
and he wears it just with so, – you, you wouldn't even know it. Like, you don't know. He's not affected. Like, his life isn't different. And I think mm-hmm. that was a fe- – the fears were, is our life going to be different than what we thought it was going to be? Because naturally, we want – we're selfish by nature, right? We want to do it the way we think we should do it. That's right. So that was one. Another was, can we afford it? You know, that was natural. And then there's a natural part of it is like, well, what are people going to think? You know, and mm. I think that God stripped all that away from us. And like she was, Natalie was saying, um, you know, it, may, it, it hit me at that time. Like this life is temporary. Like, are we living this life for other people or are we really living it to honor God? And the funny part, the ironic part about our marriage and when we got married, we wanted to, our mission statement was we had to pick a mission statement was to shine God's light through our marriage. And we thought like, oh, that sounds so good. It's going to be great. <laughs> but really what we've learned in our f- almost five years now in June, June 23rd is that the light shines through the tough stuff when it's dark. That's when God's light really has an opportunity to shine because otherwise people just think you have it together. They don't know. So Kobe Grace is our daughter's name, named after Kobe Bryant, who you have in the background. She's K-O-B-I. Uh, Natalie's oh, from cool. California. Yeah, Natalie's from California originally when Kobe mm-hmm. passed. Uh, that was her favorite player when Kobe passed. Uh, he definitely was somebody I looked up to post-career even more than when he played. I didn't like the 24 Kobe, or excuse me, the 8 Kobe. I did mm. like the 24 Kobe. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, he, he, grew, he grew on me a lot. Um, and I got then, my 8 hanging jersey uh, in my other office. Nice. I got the nice. Kobe 8 in the other office. It's a pro. But the post-retirement Kobe was my favorite Kobe of all. And that's the Kobe that I strive to be more like all the time because he's such a giver back to the game. He's such a servant. Um, he's always celebrating other people's successes. He is all about it. He was all about his family. Uh, I'm a girl dad. He made girl dad the coolest thing ever. There was no such thing <laughs> before, you Me know. Too. So I say all that to say, I think those the, that knowing that it wasn't about us and just making it about God. And he's like, I wouldn't set you up. If I thought, if I thought you were going to have a child or I made you have a child with special needs then I know your special parents. You know, he kind of mm. gave us that, gave me that confidence, gave us that confidence. And I think ultimately, like, are you really re- doubting yourself? Because I made you. That was part mm. of his thing. And then are you doubting my plan for you? Because I know what I'm doing and you've never known what you're doing. So <laughs> I think that part kind of helped me get out of my own way and just be like, you know what? I'm just focusing my eyes on him and focusing our walk on him. And I think in our mission to give hope and shine a light, shine God's light, Kobe is like the ultimate secret weapon for that because people can think you have it all together and they're like, well, you don't really know what our story is like or our challenge is like. And she's a constant reminder every day of what really matters in life. And I think mm-hmm. that's the part. She's amazing with our daughters, our older two, uh, five, three, and one. Kobe's one. And they just, uh, they adore her. You know, she's definitely uh, just a part of our family for all of us that keeps us bonded closer and uh, yeah just keeps us focused on what is really this whole thing is about for us and so that's really how uprise came about which i'll let natalie talk a little bit about that and even in the logo we made sure we're honoring kobe and and down syndrome in that yeah that's um yeah so our motto or theme (laughs) uh slogan sorry for uprise is rise beyond limits and yeah, we do uh, development, consulting events, volleyball and basketball. So um, basically, youth sports and sports management. Yeah. Those two things combined. Two different arms. Two, a lot of different things we do within it. Um, our first event was a Division One bas- college basketball tournament last year in Charleston, South Carolina, where we had four Division One teams, and we hosted it in this Uprise event, and something that I never thought I would be doing, right? <laughs> and it's kind of like the same concept of rising beyond limits, so – it started there, and now we're doing more volleyball and yeah. uh, helping young people kind of navigate their space and doing leagues and training, but within the logo. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, the up, like the front part of the U has the three arrows, which is the symbol for Down syndrome. So we just wanted that to be a part of it. And, you know, she's a constant reminder of just rising above limits you know and even in all that she's doing right now with her therapy and 
learning to walk and crawl and do all these things, you know, like we're just, just constantly loving her to keep pushing and be better than, um, you know, the, the limits put on her because she has down syndrome. And so just any limits put on us, like as women, as minorities, as, you know, somebody of special needs, like, um, just to keep rising beyond those limits. That's awesome. Very cool. All right. So this is your, your main focus now. And, and so Brian, what, where does that leave you in regards to coaching and, and then how did the, the door open up for you to pursue broadcasting and, and ending up at, at ESPN as a, a college basketball analyst? Yeah. So something that was said earlier, I was going to comment on, uh, I think the biggest thing for Kobe, like, so it was a NICU. That's what I was going to say. So 20 days in the NICU when she mm. was first born. So she has to, be able to get 75% of her feeding like three, two or three times in a row in order for her to leave the hospital. But there's almost like a window. Like it's, we were there 20 days, but if you get to 30 days and you're basically approaching surgery to put a tube in her at a newborn to be able to feed her to a tube. So she exhibited this mama mentality to get out of the hospital and I'm there with her and just seeing her continue to fight. Cause you basically don't have a lot of muscle tone when you're born with Down syndrome, when you have Down syndrome. So the little things that we take for granted, breathing, eating, um, that are so easy. And she would just get so tired that she couldn't breathe as much. So then she couldn't eat as much. So then she just wanted to go to sleep. So just seeing her exhibit that mama mentality way back then and get out of the hospital. And all of us were concerned again about that. It's like, we got a baby, but this is new. We're in the NICU. I'm sleeping in the NICU. So it just kind of instilled that rise beyond limits mentality. So mm. uh, at the time, so my first year in the basement in a pandemic, I decided I wanted to try broadcasting. Right. And I always kind of had a heart for it. It kind of grew. The more I was in college basketball, the more I saw the guys on the other side and what they did and how cool their jobs were. Um, our ESPN is unpaused, but oh, nice. uh, the, the more, I was watching them more. I'm like, man, it's a cool job. Well, Natalie would actually tell me when she watched the games when we're on the road, especially early in my career when we we're dating, she's like, these guys are terrible. They don't know the names. They don't know anything about your team. Uh, they keep saying this guy's name wrong. Um, so I started paying attention to more of that. So a little bit of context there. And then um, so my younger brother, her sister is a Division One volleyball head coach. My younger brother's a Division One women's basketball head coach now. He was at a Division Two. They're now going up. And so during Christmas break, I was calling around during the pandemic to everyone around this area. So we live in northern Colorado. So I'm calling everyone in this region I can talk to that possibly do games. Division One, Division Two, whatever, high school. Get nothing. Partly because of the pandemic and nobody wants to. But the other part is hard in broadcasting is if you don't have any film, they don't know if you can do it or not. So it's like being a player, but I don't have any film, but I want to play. It's like, well, we can't, you don't have, we don't have tryouts. So sorry. So <laughs> I, I go to, I go home for Christmas break. I get to do a double header with my younger brother's team. Uh, so two women's games, two men's games on a Saturday and Sunday. So now I have film, right. And I got mm. to do it. And I had a couple people who I work with just watch it, critique it. And it felt natural though. It felt fun. It felt natural. It felt like a way to honor the game in ministry in a sense of honoring the job that guys do. There's not a lot of co former coaches or former players or both that are in it. It's like NBA level is a lot of former players, but the college level, you have some guys who, and there's nothing wrong. If you just did journalism, there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly great to study that craft, but not a lot of people have coached and actually know how hard it is to win one game mm -hmm. or to prepare, prepare for one game. So I had a heart to want to do it. And um, so that's where it started. And then fast forward the following year, uh, just kind of kept following up with those same contacts. Well, the cool thing about sowing seeds is when you keep sowing them, they eventually harvest. So basically I was able to do almost 30 games this year. One of my goals was to uh, do some ESPN. I was able to do that. And then I, one of my goals was to do, Mountain West games. And I was able to do that. So almost 30 games of ESPN, ESPN plus and Mountain West games happened in my first full year, which was really cool uh, just to be able to do that. And a small story on the Mountain West cool part is we had a marriage conference 
on a Saturday that I got an email that said and a text that said, Hey, you can do this game on this Saturday, but it's at 12 o'clock. And so a guy kind of checked me again and was like, okay, are you going to, your priorities, you said your priorities are with your marriage. So are you going to do that? Or are you going to do this? Are you going to trust me that if this is for you, that I have you, or are you going to just be in such a hurry? And I remember taking a step back and saying, all right, I'm going to do this. And the marriage conference was great, as you can imagine. Yeah. That afternoon, I did an ESPN Plus game. And then later on, when I went to go do the Mountain West game, they were like, well, let's start you on the women's games, which is nothing wrong with that, but there's levels to the tiers. So that's kind of the entry level where before it was the men's games. Like, wait a minute, am I getting demoted? I haven't even started. <laughs> uh, I ended up doing the, the women's game, committing to it. The day before I was going to do the women's game, I got a call saying it was a reschedule and I got to do a men's game. So I do both those games. And the coolest part about this story is uh, Wyoming, who I was doing games for, ended up being top 25, and they made the tournament. Boise State won the regular season. They also went to the tournament. That's right. And I was able to do – so there was a COVID rescheduled game. And I text our producer, and I said, hey, there's this game. Are we going to have the game? He's like, well, if you know if this station or this station doesn't pick it up, we'll have it. And he's like, and if we have it, you have the game. And in my mind, I'm like, there's no way this is reading right because not too long ago I wasn't even doing this, and now I'm doing a first-place game uh, in the Mountain West, a, t- a, a league that I used to coach in. Uh, and so it was one of those surreal moments where God was just like, you know, again, if you make it about – God says to me, if you make it about me, I'll make it about you. Mm. You know, and I think that's what I've continued to try to sow those seeds and – um, we have some podcast stuff that we've done now for two seasons, which has been really cool. Uh, myself and a combination of others, uh, some young guys in the media that were coming up when I was a coach. Uh, one of them just got hired at uh, Sports Illustrated, so he wasn't doing that before when we first started. Another one has his own company called Heat Check that's been really, really kind of blown up in college basketball. So, uh, and then there's a couple others as well, but it's been really cool to do that stuff. And see how that has led to now it's just compliments because it's like, well, I was doing that stuff first, just wanting to give back to the game. And then next thing you know, you're broadcasting. And now it's like this validation of, well, wait a minute, like this guy's credible. Like we can actually listen to him or even though I'm not necessarily, but it's just a cool place to be in uh, when you make it about God. and He just kind of, you know, makes your path clear. Amen. Amen. Oh, it's tremendous. So, gosh, I, I love the story. And, well, I guess, so then where does that leave you with coaching? I think the Uprise uh, is my coaching fix. Uh, I do get to prepare for games. I do get to um, be in the industry, right? Um, I get to do a lot of cool things with the podcast to honor. So one of the big things for podcasts is, like, we get to celebrate everyone else as if they're on ESPN, even though it's not, but at least get the, if you get a big win and you're at a mid or small, small college, who cares, right? Your people care, but you don't get any interview. You don't get any uh, press from that. So we've tried to do more of that, which has been really cool. We've had, I think over crazy thing in two years, we've had almost over 400 guests. We've had, uh, I think 25 million views on streaming. So we've had some success with it, which has been cool. Uh, so I do get to fix that way. And then the other parts I get uh, through Uprise. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm I think I'm good. College basketball was a great ride. I'm in my Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. mode. <laughs> in the post chapter of serving the game and serving my family and serving the Lord. Oh, that that's awesome. And and Natalie, have you, you then seen a change now post kind of on the on the road coaching Brian to now at home, Brian? Yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I, I tell him all the time that it is, I mean, he was a great college coach and I think he had such a great way of connecting to players, um, and like just being really instrumental in their lives. Um, but it's really cool to see him in this space where he just truly gets to follow his passion and like wherever God leads him, wherever he's inspired, like he just goes and it's, like say you just throw stuff up and it sticks and you're like, wow. I mean, you never would think it, but um, it's just really cool. Yeah. To see how he can shine in this space in his own creations and uh, just following his own path. And 
kind of just trusting himself and letting God lead him. Um, yeah, it's, it's no cooler thing than to see somebody you love so much and believe in and respect, uh, just have the opportunity to just shine and for it to be received so well and to, um, yeah, just see him having a lot of success doing it and, and loving it. Like he's so much, I mean, he did a great job at like leaving work at work, but <laughs> you can still tell. Um, cause you know, it's a heavy weight that you always carry with you when you're a college coach, but just to see, um, I mean, his spirit is just so much lighter and he's living in his passion and doing what he loves truly and answering to one now. And it's just a different kind of, uh, yeah, just happiness and joy and um, even drive and wanting to continue to grow and, you know, do stuff. So, yeah, no, it's really been cool to see. She also likes the fact that I'm around a lot more oh, to yes. watch the kids so that she oh, can yeah. be a volunteer. Do all her stuff. That definitely matters too. <laughs> that helps. That helps. No, that, that's excellent. Well, Brian and Natalie, so awesome to to meet you and and hear your your story and your heart and uh, very very inspiring. And so appreciate you sharing your your transparency, vulnerability, and humility. Uh, definitely shine through. So thank you for that. And uh, glad we were able to do it with both of you today. So this was uh, this was a ton of fun for me. Yeah, thanks for adjusting to that. That was not uh, not exactly what was planned, but uh, the good Lord put it on my heart that I, I want to do more to, you know, as a teammate, it's like it's more fun when you get to do it with your team, you know, and not very many platforms would allow for that. But when I knew I was doing the background about this being a Jesus platform, I'm like, all right, this is the time for uh, And we got to tell our testimony at church on Easter Sunday, which was a cool oh. first time to do it. It was a lot more, we were a lot more nervous probably then, <laughs> although it went well. But um, yeah, it's just a cool thing to be able to do it together and be able to show that it's cool to still be in athletics and care about sports, but also care about your family and care about being a good husband and making that a priority because those things don't get celebrated as much as we probably would like. So I wanted to make sure that, yeah, I'm walking the walk and not just talking the talk. So I appreciate you allowing both of us to do this together. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, from one girl dad to another girl dad, keep it going. And uh, awesome to uh, to hear about your three your three daughters and, and and mainly Kobe. But 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 excited for you guys and excited to see yeah new ways God continues to to work in your lives and, and encourage everybody to check out Uprise Athletics Group. Uprise Athletics Group. And you can find out more about everything Brian and Natalie are are up to. Gosh, thank you guys. We'll uh, we'll catch up again. But there's Brian and Natalie Burton joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast right here on the MetaShare guest line. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Great stuff from Brian and Natalie. Wow, what a story. And gosh, I just appreciate how honest and, and vulnerable they were with us and, and really yeah, get a lot of uh, raw emotions and details and, and elements of the story uh, that they've been through. Uh, but to see God's uh, work in their life, uh, just them describing it is, uh, is really cool to hear. So very, very inspiring and encouraging. And the part that I want to unpack a, a little bit more, because sometimes this happens during interviews where a guest will say something and I'll go, huh, do I agree with that or what, what was, what does he mean by that? And, and so sometimes I'll unpack it more with the guest or sometimes I'll wait till after the interview to unpack it a little bit further with you as a listener. And you get to hear me kind of wrestle with a little bit, but, but he said something uh, about how he finally realized, all right, if I make it about God, then he'll, he'll make it about me. And, and at first I go, eh, all right, it's not that like God's going to make it about me, but if the focus is, all right, God, how do I bring glory to God, honor to God? How do I obey God, remain humble in, 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 in light of who he is and you are God, I am not. If that's our posture, then it, it'll be fun to see what God decides to do with, with a heart that is all his. And, cause, and Brian was talking about that too you know, are you all in? And, and so when we're all in uh, the ways that God moves in our life and, and the doors that, that we never thought would open up, you know, do open up. 
you know, I think about that too, you know, wrestle with it too, because sometimes a to God is not necessarily about open doors. It's about, and and maybe it's different types of doors that are open. I think about my, one of my best friends who's a missionary in India, his open doors are, are much different than what we would maybe think, right? I mean, he's, he's thriving in, in ministry. Anyway, I I just think about there, there's, it's not always, uh, God's gonna, God's gonna, you know, put me on this you know, great success and, and all, the, all these wonderful things according to the world. Uh, it's blessings that, that are eternal. You know, he, he'll, it's not even that he makes it about us because it, it's all about him anyway, but he does. He, he, he puts us in positions to bring him glory, but then we're able to shine. We're able to shine his light through us. And so that's how I kind of wrestle with it. Well, now if we go to scripture, uh, this, these verses in 1 Peter 5, 6 through 8, this is the amplified version to help us understand a little bit more. It says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Wow. So we pause there. So, so, you know, soak that in. Okay. So if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you, exalt honor in his service at the appropriate time. All right. And then verse seven, it says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Verse eight, be so and self-disciplined, be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. Wow. I mean, there's a lot to unpack in these verses. So I encourage you to go look it up for yourself, six through eight. But therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you um, at the appropriate time. So, so in, that, in this context, um, with this understanding, going back to Brian's comment, Make a lot about God. Make it all. He'll make it about you. Yeah, I kind of see. I could see that uh, that playing out um, in this way, where where God will exalt us to a place of honor in His service. So it's still it's not about it's still not about us. It's about God. But man, what He's going to do when our heart is fully His, when we're fully humble, when we're casting all our cares, all of our anxieties, all our worries, all of our concerns, once and for all on Him, understanding how much He cares about us, how much He loves us, how much He's, he's, he's with us, the reality that He's with us, the, the reality of His power in our lives um, that we can tap into. So do we trust Him? Are we all in? Are we, are we truly saying, hey, God, take me where you want me to go. Take me where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'm open-handed. Uh, I just want to, I want to remain in your will. I want to remain humble and, and open-handed, open-hearted and show me, show me where to go. And if he decides at the right time to, to exalt us and whatever that, that looks like, uh, you know, according to his, his perfect ways and his purposes and plans and in, in what he's trying to accomplish uh, in us and through us, then that will be, uh, those will be special moments uh, in our lives to say, wow, God showed up. God opened this door. God blessed me in this way. It's incredible. He's allowing me to participate in, in ministry with him. He's allowing me to, to enjoy uh, his people, uh, enjoy watching him work in these ways in people's lives. All of that is, uh, is, is good stuff. Uh, so anyway, that, that's, that was my uh, takeaway and, and the thing to, to unpack a little bit further and wrestle with a little bit. So I'd be curious, your, your thoughts as well. Uh, what do those verses mean to you? And how did you maybe hear that comment? What, what, what stood out to you in, in regards to that? And, and then in, in just in light, too, of Brian talking about you know, really pursuing the Lord and, and his, his plan. So it's, 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 it's awesome. So I, I'm so encouraged by this conversation today, by their journey, by their story. I hope, I hope you, you experience that, that as well, that encouragement. So that's today's show. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news of my sin. He was resurrected and through faith. I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Thanks to Brian, Natalie, for joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast. Meta share. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time. 
For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.